Hello and welcome to Falter Ego episode 21. Um, how are you? Don't know, I can't hear. Whatever you said, I can't hear it. Um, that's pointless, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like when a stand up comedian goes on stage. How's everyone doing? It's like, what are you expecting? The people to give 251 individual answers. silly wouldn't it um yes and you yeah okay third along on the front row yep okay you're doing fine next (laughs) how are you all doing this is a performative (laughs) sort of trope of comedy i'm doing just to make you feel at ease oh so good to be here in sydney is it it's great to be here in london i don't know sure it's probably the same as being anywhere else um it's exactly the same <laughs> I feel like a comedian to be honest it's exactly the same being here as everywhere else i've been crowd goes wild um we were to i was going we were talking about christ life what's going on with my brain um, i'm going to be talking about karma just because i always found that like a really um off-putting sort of woo-woo, hippie sort of concept. And actually, which is to its detriment, because I feel like whether or not you call it that, I think there's a... Let's just remove the word karma from the equation for a second. There's a healthy and mature um, approach to life that comes from thinking it in a karmic... from a karmic perspective, whatever you want to actually call it. Now... Um, just to clarify, I suppose a lot of people think karma is is like, um, well, the way I used to think of it was like sort of um, some sort of like universal ledger of your behavior, like um, which was wrong. You know, I used to think of it as um, if you do lots of really nice things, you all your karma is totted up like a score, and then you know, if you believe in rebirth or any of that stuff, um, which I don't, but um, then your karma is sort of judged. And if you've got lots of good karma, then, um, you know, you access, you become, you know, if you were a, if you were a good tortoise, then in the next life you might be, uh, thanks to karma, you might get to be a good eagle. Um, is that a promotion? <laughs> Find that. I find, I mean, I find that quite, that's a weird part of it. If you believe in any of that stuff, that that is a weird implication of people who believe in um, reincarnation and, you know, your past lives affect future lives because somewhere someone has probably written a list of, like, what is the shittest animals and what they think is the best ones. But that's, that's I mean, that is a matter of perspective, isn't it? Like, what... Is an eagle better than a tortoise? I don't know. Seems to me like tortoises seem pretty happy. Like I would, I sometimes look at my own life, and then look at that the life of a tortoise and think, there, that's the that's what uh, that's the promotion, is going from a human being with a mortgage, and health issues and mental health issues and no sleep, uh, to a tortoise that just kind of pokes its head out once in a while, nonchalantly wolfs down a bit of lettuce and then goes back to sleep. 
seems to me that tortoises have torti. What's the plural? Uh, have nailed it. But yeah, it just seems. I just find it funny that someone has just like judged all the animals. That's right. Welcome to Planets Got Animals, where we're going to be judging the best and the worst animals to be reincarnated as. Coming up. With two no's from the judges already, Tortoise needs to get a yes from the final judge to go through to the next round. Tortoise, your act was slow, boring, and you just <laughs> eat lettuce and live a very long time. But you think you deserve a better spot than eagle? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Tortoise, my decision is... Oh, what's he gonna see, man? I'm so excited. It's a yes from me. You're through to the next round. Congratulations, Tortoise. You are so much better than eagles. Surprise decision there from the judge. And that sees Tortoise go through to the next round. What a happy turnaround of events for Tortoise. Um, uh, the eagle, sadly, uh, will now get have to fight it out in the knockout rounds to make sure it doesn't get demoted to below... <laughs> Platypus. Fucking <laughs> uh, hell. I don't know. Anyway, you know, who's decided what who who decided what animals are better than you know? I mean some of them are obvious, you know, like I guess an eagle is better than a slug. But I, once you get down to the nitty-gritty, I mean, I don't know. How do you um Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so that was a very weird detour, but so I, I don't believe in any of that. <laughs> um, and but people do think people mistakenly think that karma is um, is that right? It's the um, it's you get some sort of score at the end of your life, and if you if you've got good karma, you go up, and if you've got bad karma, you get demoted. And that's actually not you know years and years ago when I started reading up on this stuff. Um, I mistakenly went into it with those assumptions. Karma's just um, so just volition or action. It's actually just, it's 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 like a force. It's just like you doing so. It's ba the the really easiest way to can think of um, karma is just cause and effect. And um, when you you and you do something and that has an impact, good or bad. Um, it's a force. It's an energy. It's it's basically science in, in a weird way, um, and you can see karma in action all the time. It's, it's a, it actually it's an extremely common sense sort of concept to wrap your head around. Like if I if I'm if I'm a piece of shit to you tomorrow when I ask you for a favor, you know what's the what's the likelihood that you're going to say yes? If I, if I'm awful to you. I have that has an impact, you know. Your mood changes. You feel like shit, um, and then if if when the tables get turned and I'm asking you for a favor, I have I increased or decreased the likelihood that you're going to return the favor. That's actually very scientific. Um, 
you know, the energy you put out into the world changes the world. Um, and that doesn't even have to be on any sort of spiritual sense. I mean, karma, In if you really get into... Um, there's a book I'm reading at the moment called The Original Buddhist Psychology, which is extremely dense, um, and I had no idea. It talks about, you know, all these, like, spheres of influence and so sort of just like there's like subcategories of consciousness and there's a chart that has like 121 different types of thought in it and it's just anyway it's extremely it's like a manual for your brain but written you know 2000 something years ago or something um but you know karma karma gets right down to just if you know, if, if you push a pen and it falls off a table that's karma because it's an action that hasn't an, an effect so everything is just it's just it's just action. It's just um, volition. It's choosing to do something and doing it, and then that has an impact. There's no score being kept. But I find the interesting thing about it is you don't. There doesn't need to be a score being kept for that concept of like what goes around comes around to still be true. Like I said, if I'm if I'm a piece of shit to you, the what's the likelihood that you're gonna be nice to me tomorrow but it's decreased so that, that in a very in you can see almost immediately there's a very real um sense of you know a score being kept there because you've been horrible and so you're in the future albeit just the next day the likelihood of something horrible happening to you has increased because that friend is now not going to do the, the favor in return for you um, but also there's the ripple effect, you know, where if I'm a piece of shit to you, you're probably going to be grumpy. And that means you're going to then, somebody's going to ask you for a favor and you're going to fuck off. Like you're going to be in a bad mood now. And so the likelihood that you treat other people worse around you has also increased. And so there's a ripple effect there. So that it's, there's a very kind of cause and effect sort of, um, aspect to it all. Um, and so, you know, you do. It is you. You are you are shaping the world around you through your through your actions. That's karma. You know, if you if I'm horrible to someone, they're going to be in, in a bad mood, and then they're going to be um, treating people around them worse. And then so you're just passing it on. And you know, three thousand interactions further down the line. You know, if you imagine I'm I'm awful to you, you then are in a bad mood to three people. Those three people are then in a bad mood with their colleagues at work, which is like, you know, they work with 15 people. Those 15 people. So you only have to get like, you know, I mean, I'm shit at maths, but, you know, 100 interactions down the line, you've probably impacted 200 million people. You know, it's there's an exponential... And that and that's not that that is that's science, you know, that's that is true. We're social animals. So if you're horrible to someone, you pass that on. Um, whereas if you're nice to someone, you know, um you, you pass that on as well. I um you know, a couple of months ago I uh I was in a cafe and I went to pay and they said, Oh no, it's you don't need to, it's been paid forward for you. Um because the person before you, theirs had been paid forward by someone else, and so they wanted to return that and pass it on and pass it on to you or with the next person. So your your bill's been covered. I was like, all right. Um, and there was no one else left in the cafe for me to cover, so I went back a few days later, 
Um, I sometimes just go there to, to write and stuff, um, do work and uh, unpaid work. I'm pitching a movie at the moment and uh, it's lots of unpaid work. Anyway, we don't need to go to, into the details of my life. But um, I – so I, I went back a few days later and I paid it forward and they said, well, who do you want to choose? Um because you don't just say, I want to pay forward 50 bucks and they randomly take it off someone's bill. They they kind of pointed around the, that group. You can pay for them over there, them over there, or that person there. And I saw, I had been watching um, a group of people about, um, I think they were, it seems like either late teens or early 20s. And one of them was quite obviously in need of consoling. Um, they were like uh, teary a little crying a little bit and the other two friends were kind of comforting them uh so i said i'll I'll do that one and um and then i left and i went opposite i went to a sort of a bookshop on the other side of the road and looked through the window at them not that you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do it out of the kindness of your heart aren't you you're not supposed to like watch and go i am a good person but i was curious to see what the impact would be on them and when they went to pay you know, they kind of looked around at each other like, what? Was somebody, you know, I could see them just baffled. And then they left and they just, they seemed happier, especially the, the, the girl, she seemed happier. And so I don't know what she was going through, whether it's anxiety, depression, a bad breakup, bad news, she got fired, whatever. But, you know, I, I like to think that maybe the, her faith in humanity had been a little bit restored. Um, and now she might be likely to go and, be nice to someone else so it's you know it is it's extremely scientific you know you, you are a constant ripple effect um and um yeah so anyway i made sure about a month after that when i went back to the same cafe again to start another chain i didn't just i didn't want to be like oh someone paid it forward for me and i'm going to pass it on and i'm done now that's my job done um i kicked off a new chain i was like i'll, I'll pay for, pay it forward for someone so i started one off and, you know, hopefully that, that's got passed on. But um, it's, you know, again, it's it can be from as small as pushing a pen and it falls off a table. That's cause and effect. It can be effect, cause and effect of human behavior. If I'm awful to you, you're then in a bad mood and you're going to pass it on. Uh, if you're kind to someone, they're more likely to be kind to people. It's very obvious. Um, and also it's it's collective. You know, you reap what you sow. Um, even if you don't believe in a next life, um, in this life, you know, um, and, you know, we live on through our children. If, you know, if you have kids, you know, if that's, there's a sort of, there's not a reincarnation element to it, but it's, it's your soul, your lessons, you've raised the kid, um, and decisions that we make today affect our children and affect, if you're young enough, if you're in your twenties now, you know, actions you perform, will be you'll be paying for that in your 70s um whether it's personal like if you get shit-faced all the time then you can have some health problems later but also environmentally like if if we if all of us treat the environment like a just a all-you-can-eat carbon buffet and um you know in 70 years time we're all going to be paying for it and we are paying for it now so that that's that's karma but again, there's no, there's no weird, abstract, spiritual fucking judge going, oh, you've all been mean to the environment, so I'm going to punish you back. 
Like it is literally just cause and effect. You burn coal, it releases carbon in the atmosphere. Um, so the more coal you burn, the more carbon there is, and the more global warming there is, and the more fucked up the planet's going to get. That's that's science. And again, so it's just a very cause and effect um, situation. You know, you don't have to believe in it, anything hippie woo woo for to realize the truth of that. Um, and you know, where, where it does become spiritual is that, you know, the more, or accidentally spiritual, is that the more generous and kind and less selfish uh, you are and the, the less resources you use and the less materialistic you are and the happier and more content you are to have less, the less you take from the planet, the healthier the planet gets. I mean, that's a weirdly, that's, again... That is pure science, and yet, what a what a beautiful thing! It's like the planet is a reflection of the people that live on it, um, and if we are, if we treat the planet with respect, the planet becomes a more beautiful place to be. And if we're selfish and gross, weirdly, the planet comes. It's like it's like psychomimetic, like it copies the planet. The state of the planet copies the at prevailing attitude of the people that live on it. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? But that's that's karma and that's science. There's nothing weird about it. There's not some god watching the planet. Oh, they're being a bit mean and selfish. I'm going to raise the temperature. It's just cause and effect. Um, now, and if you if you want to get into reincarnation a little bit, I mean, again, there's a sort of kind of spiritual, uh, sorry, it's kind of scientific-ish. Uh, slant we can put on that if we want to, which is that, you know, I, I don't believe in reincarnation. I do believe in the, what is it, the first law of thermodynamics, that, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, only converted. Um, when you die, your atoms don't vanish. You know, they stick around. Um, you know, your body decays, it becomes part of the soil, or if you get cremated, you know, um, the f you the energy of your body burning. No, no energy is lost, you know. Um, and so we live on. We live on in two ways. One is just that the atoms in our body. I well, I don't know. I I'd be interested to know about this actually. If if you if you're a sciencey person, please let me know. But what are the what's the likelihood that atoms from a human body could ever escape the earth's gravitational pull and get out into space i suspect they don't do they once matter is on earth sort of stays here doesn't it anyway your body when you die will become other things on earth you know there's no atoms that again get destroyed so you might become a bit of a tree a bit of a river a bit of a tin can a bit of a leaf a bit of a slug, <laughs> a bit of a tortoise, if you're lucky. Hello, bloody tortoise is the jackpot. Better than fucking eagles. <laughs> um, and platypuses, platypie. Um, you know, you might become a bit of a laptop, a bit of a table. I mean, you know, you've got trillions of atoms or whatever in you, so you're going to become parts of lots of things. But all of those things, right, the tree, the laptop, the slug, they are all going to be on a planet 
that exists after the time of your death and they're all going to live on a planet that has been shaped by your actions, right? So I don't believe your entire soul will inhabit a new body or a new creature, but nevertheless, things that were a part of you will find new life in other things, and those things will have to exist on a planet shaped by your behavior. So that's, you know, that's, you know, so they can either, you know, a tree that's got bits of atoms of, from you in it can either be living on a planet that's healthy or living in a shithole. And maybe some of your atoms might end up in other people, and those people are going to be either happy or sad because of the nature of the planet that we've created. Um, so there's karma there. In the sense, again, in a very cause and effect way, your actions impact the world around you, uh, either positively or negatively, and mutually. Again, pushing a pen off a table, sort of neither here nor there. Um, but your behavior, your, your decisions, your actions affect the world around you and, um, and, and leave a world behind. And if you... If you don't believe in reincarnation, nevertheless, you know, your atoms and stuff, you know, you're still being reused. Bits, all of you is being reused somehow. And those parts of you will be in objects and living things and energy that's either in a shitter world or a better one. Um, so we do get passed on in some sense, you know, and also passed on through our children. Um, and the other, I suppose, the other thing is if you believe, you know, well, you don't get to believe in the laws of thermodynamics, they're, they're real. Um, but, you know, every, everything, I mean, this is getting a little bit uh, hippie-woo-woo, but, I mean, the, you know, if, if I say words, th those words are, that's sound energy, isn't it, going out into the world, and that, those words, those sound waves generated by my vocal cords or whatever hit the bones in your ear that vibrate and then that gets converted into mental energy in your brain so again lots of energy there getting converted nothing lost you don't shout a word out or say you're a piece of shit to someone and then the words kind of like freeze in the air like someone someone's somehow managed to like freeze the actual words into in the air and they just fall out and shatter on the ground those words travel and they hit people's ears, gets converted. That's now electrical signals in someone's brain, and that then affects their behavior, right? So everything, everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done, it's all energy, right? It's all muscles moving and kinetic energy. If I punch someone, I lift someone, I hold someone's hand, I help someone across the street, I lift someone, I help someone, a cat, a, cat, a bird out of a a baby chick out of a pond or something. These are all physical, this is all energy, it's all movement, it's all sound, it's all whatever. Um, none of that is lost, right? None of that just happens and then is gone. It's all energy that gets converted. The words I say become, you know, signals in your brain which then affects your behavior or even just the sound waves travel out into the universe and get converted into other things. So everything you ever said and everything you've ever done is kind of, recorded uh, by the universe and it's sort of just translated into a language that 
you know, we can't see because we don't speak that language. But, you know, if you were fluent in oneness or fluent in thermodynamics, you know, which we're not, you can't see thermodynamics as a language um, all around you. You don't perceive it as it's not one of the senses, but you would see everything everyone's ever said floating around, you know, bouncing around, or you would see it represented through people's actions and go, oh, that's a result of that sentence I said yesterday. So in that sense, um, in that sense, we also live on because everything we've ever said and every action we've ever performed um, stays in the universe. You know, it's not, it doesn't get lost. It doesn't get, it doesn't sort of peter out. It's constantly converted. So again, in one way or another, all your actions are recorded and often they're recorded by other people's behavior. Like I said, if I call you a piece of shit, um, that stays in your head. That's a memory now. All of this is to say that, you know, we we live on in some fashion, um, not maybe in the Christian fashion in some sort of afterlife and not really in, in a reincarnation fashion, but in a cause and effect fashion, there's evidence of past lives all around us because of those past lives shaped the world we now live in. And like I said, no energy is ever lost or created. It's just converted. So we are living, the energy of previous people is around us in some fashion. The words they said, the actions they performed uh, has been translated into something, that look, something that's not recognizable as a person. Um, it's, but it's the effects of that person. Um, and so, so there's two things going on there. There's karma, which is just action, which has cause and effect. And then through that, there is a sort of, um, there's not a reincarnation, but there's a continuation of us. And it's like, do you want that continuation to be in a, in a shitter world or a better one? Cause we, you can shape that through your, through your behavior. Um, and the other, well, this is what I actually wanted to talk about um, more specifically is, you know, you see that, you, you, you see how our behavior shapes things quite clearly. Um, well, one, one, there's that example of the cafe I was in. Um, and that was like a real world physical example where, you know, the owner of the cafe said, oh yeah, that happens in this cafe all the time. People pay it forward. And what's interesting there is, there must have been a first person to do it, right? There must have been a first person who paid it forward in that cafe. Um, and now because he, they, he or she did that, then another person did it, and then it's just sort of become a thing. Um, you know, again, that's, a, that's an example of your, you know, cause and effect, your behavior shaping the world around you. That's become a sort of a cultural element to that cafe you know i haven't been in many other cafes where they said oh yeah this cafe people pay it forward all the time it's like people go to that cafe now there's probably people go to it opportunistically hoping oh i hope i'm the one today but people go to that cafe and pay it forward i mean the interesting thing there as well is that kindness at some point doesn't cost you anything because it cost the first person something but since then, everyone else who's paying it forward, they're paying it forward having had theirs paid forward. So you're still actually just paying for your own, um, you know, you're, paying, you're still paying for your own, you're still paying an amount of money for, 
for your lunch or your breakfast or whatever. Um, so it's interesting there at some point, you know, kindness sort of becomes just self-perpetuating and doesn't, doesn't cost you anything. If, if you're in a, if you're in a, in a society that is saturated by kindness and everyone's being generous, then it's actually costing everybody nothing to be kind, <laughs> which is, whereas if you live in a selfish society, then kindness does take a bit of effort because you've got to sacrifice that impulse to try and get ahead and trample on people. You've got to momentarily think about others. Um, and that does cost you something. But if you're in a cafe where your lunch has been paid for, paying for someone else's lunch is sort of the same as just your lunch not having been paid for and paying for your own. Um, but it's interesting that it, it just becomes cultural and people know that cafe now as the cafe where people pay it forward. Um, and so it's shaped the culture of that cafe, that one person who kicked it off or a couple of people who, you know, did it a few times or something. That's now shaped the... Um, the, the atmosphere at that place. Um, so I find that interesting. Whereas conversely, you know, if you look at somewhere like social media, if you look at Twitter, and I want to think about how can we use social media better, one of the ways we can do it is, I mean, you look at, and again, this is karma in action, right? It's, it's cause and effect. You go on Twitter and instantly, after a few minutes, you just, I feel... Back when I used to check it, you know, 15 to 20 times a day, I'd go on there and I'd come off it just feeling mean and snarky. Because you go on there and everyone's just like, <laughs> well, what about this? <sighs> like it's just everything is a snarky joke or a reply to someone or a quote tweet like, yeah, he thinks this. Well, he would because he's a silly poo-poo face. <laughs> Classic tweet. Um, but everyone's like quote tweeting and pointing at someone like, aren't they stupid for thinking that? Or that's like thinking this. Um, I did it the other day. Like I saw something Jordan Peterson said and I just I just felt the impulse to quote tweet and go, fuck, this is stupid. A stupid person for thinking that. But then he's also on there pointing at things going, well, that's really, well, I don't think this is good, you know? <laughs> Because he, he's learned that by being that way, he can get attention. But that's because that's the, the lingua franca of Twitter is just meanness. You just go on there and everyone's being mean and snarky and or just egotistical and savvy and like, aren't I the fucking dog's bollocks kind of attitude. But just, I feel like everyone's on there just mining for con, like, my, like scouring, you know, like a, like a, chimp picking through another chimp's hair for nits lice or something just hoping to find you actually go on there hoping to find a mistake you go on there hoping to i go on there hoping to find a right-wing person who said something bigoted or stupid or regressive so i can quote tweet it so i can go yeah i suppose he also thinks you know women should still be stoned to death <laughs> You know, and then everyone's going to retweet me. Go, oh, isn't he a fucking brilliantly progressive person? I just go on there hoping to find badness so I can then be snarky about it. And so everyone on there has just got this, like, sn like this, this, um, 
glower. Is that a good, that's the word. That was a crossword answer I found the other day. Glower, glowering. Anyway, this is like f- f- somewhere between a smirk and a frown. It's like, <laughs> like snorting, a snorty laugh. That's the sound I associate Twitter with. And, um, but it affects everyone else because if that's what's prevailing, then to fit in, you have to do that. So that's cause and effect, isn't it? If we've established a tone on Twitter, then to fit in, you have to adopt that tone. Because if you go on there and go, I really like flower arranging, nothing, you're not going to get any retweets and no one's going to give a shit. Um, and unfortunately, that I mean, we've, I've done other episodes on this and I don't, don't want to get into neurochemistry and all that stuff. But, you know, unfortunately, our brains are rewarded on Twitter by little dopamine hits from retweets. And so when you don't get anything, you go, oh, right, okay. But when you do get something, you're like, oh, hello. You know, your brain gets tickled. And so there's, there's you're incentivized to fit in by not just social pressure, but by addiction. And that's, so you see there, you know, you've got the cafe where people pay it forward and now it's just become a beacon of kindness. And you see an app where everyone's like, oh yeah, well I suppose that's like saying this. (laughs) And now everyone's like that. (laughs) That's that's what, but when I'm reading your tweets, by the way, that's the voice I do it in. Um, but everyone's just like that. It's just like, oh, well, I suppose blah blah also thinks, mm. or, you know, Lee Sales interviewing Blah. Isn't she shit? Lee Sales is a, an ABC News uh, personality in Australia. But, you know, just the flack. People just think the flack she got for, like, I don't know, interviewing people in a way that, other people think, oh, her interview's like this. Oh, and you just, so there's just a prevailing tone of snark. And so I'm wondering, again, thinking about the ripple effect and cause and effect, if we want to change Twitter for the better, I wonder if we should just, I might start doing this. If you're listening to this podcast, check my Twitter account to um, hold me to this. I think I might just go on there and start, tweeting thanks for things small things big things nice things that have happened things that i appreciate and if i start putting gratitude on there maybe just maybe somebody else might go oh yeah i've got something to be thankful for today or maybe the planet isn't just a snarky shit fest so i need to be a snarky shit festerer um, and maybe there'll be a ripple effect. Maybe I'll only affect one person, and maybe I'll only affect that person subconsciously. It might not even register. But who cares if 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 the if I can change one iota of energy in the universe from being being stuck in the snark setting to the happy setting or the gratitude setting, then again, you know, the ripple effect of that. In three years' time, I will have affected, one way or another, 200 million people. And that's good, isn't it? Don't we want that? Whereas if I'm going on there uh, and just seeing everyone just, oh, well, <laughs> like, I just come off that app just feeling shitter. And now I'm being shitter to, you know, my wife because she'll say, 
um, while you've got the kettle on, can you make me a cup of tea? And I'll have that <laughs> energy niggling at my brain and go, yeah, okay, I suppose, <laughs> you know, instead of going, of course, you know, just, you know, it affects everything. Karma, karma is the ripple effect of, of cause and effect. And the thing with ripples is they get bigger and bigger the further out they go. And so we don't... The, the th I think this is the thing, actually, that karma... This is the thought I had last night when I realised this is the topic I wanted to do for this episode. That's why I finally remembered it 40 minutes into this episode <laughs> after I did an X Factor parody for no reason. Um, this is what I wanted to say, is that there is something mature and um, cosmically responsible about seeing the world through the prism of karma and cause and effect. There's something selfless about it and there's egoless about it because you realise that you are a drop that affects millions. It's not just about you. And conversely, what I don't like about social media, which is, seems to be a, a, a recurring nemesis of my podcast episodes, there's something selfish and naive about Twitter and, and social media generally, about I can go on there and say something and then close the app and I've affected no one or like my behavior is I'm accountable to nothing. I just say it and then I put my phone down and get on with my day. But it's not, again, it's like, you know, energy cannot be, created or destroyed only can you've put those words out people are seeing that they're being affected by it and they're seeing it doesn't even matter if they're not directly affected by it like if you're if i'm tweeting something mean about jordan peterson um obviously that could affect him if he sees it but also all the people who follow me on twitter ironic i mean the the scary thing is even if people see it and laugh and think have a positive response to my tweet, like, <laughs> yeah, he nailed him. I'm actually affecting those people negatively because they're seeing me like somehow being victorious through meanness over someone else. And I'm affecting people negatively. I should actually go and delete that tweet now. I'm, I'm really regretting it. I'm affecting people negatively, whether I know it or not and whether they know it or not, because they're being exposed to Again, this uh, this phrase I keep coming back to, that this prevailing tone. And they're seeing that as an example. You've got to lead, don't you? You've got to set lead by example. And they're just seeing an, yet another person on Twitter just being like, <laughs> well, if Jordan Peterson thinks it's <laughs> like, who wants that in their day? Why do we want that in it? Why do we repeatedly go back to Twitter for this? And so there's this this there's this spiritually naive, immature, fetus-like selfishness to Twitter, where we think we're somehow magically severed from the unavoidable, uh, the inevitability of cause and effect. For some reason, you know, we're very aware of cause and effect in other areas. Like we're often on. Even on Twitter, we're on there talking about global warming. You know, we, we're we very aware of cause and effect most of the time. Um, and yet on there, we just think it's okay 
we found this like one secret place where it's okay to be just mean and shitty and clever and better and snarky and savvy and put downy and witty. So we found this one place where cause and effect doesn't exist magically. And it, 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 it's, we haven't, that isn't that space. Cause and effect exists everywhere all the time. Um, karma is everything. It's your actions and it's the result of your actions and it's the impact and the ripple effect of your actions all rolled into one. And everything you do echoes what you do in life, echoes in eternity. I mean, that's true. It's actually kind of, that's actually true. What you do in life does echo in eternity because, <laughs> and the echo is the reverberation of your actions being transcribed by the universe into other forms of energy, whether it's other people's behavior, other people's moods, whether someone's more likely to do you a favor tomorrow, whether it's a girl in a cafe who is crying, who's now smiling, who's now going to be nice to someone else, who's now going to be nice to someone else. I mean, it was absolutely right. What do you do in life does echo in eternity? Um, <laughs> this is Quinta. This is uh, Quintus and Argento. They're my horses. Um, so... Why was I talking about fictional horses in a gladiator film? Um, so Twitter isn't isn't this magical space that's free from cause and effect. And unfortunately, I feel like it's now stuck. I think it's going to take a lot of effort to rescue that space. Um, and it, by the way, it needed rescuing a long time before Elon Musk came along. It's it's long been a place of snark. And it's just a, it going on there. It's just like you got to put on your spiritual scuba gear and your wetsuit and hold your fucking breath and you emerge from it like you've been scuba diving in a septic tank. You've got to wash yourself up. You just, it's an awful place to immerse yourself in. And um, so I think, you know, but we can change it. You know, even if we're stuck in this muscle memory, we can, again, cause and effect go on there and just start saying thank you for stuff. Don't get, break the cycle of the karmic cycle of cause and effect. Cause you, that's, an, that's another thing is you can break karma. Um, if there's been negative, lots of negative uh, things passed down onto you to a chain, the best way to break that chain is, yeah, is, is your own volition. Um, you can choose to ignore what's been handed down to you. And so if, if the prevailing energy on Twitter is meanness and snarkness and hunting like a truffle pig, <laughs> sniff, trying to sniff out um, people who've made mistakes or some right-wing commentator, just trying to sniff that out so you can quote tweet it for some digital glory. You got stuck in that mode. Just start being kind. Start saying thank you. Start tweeting positively. Here's a nice link to a happy story about gratitude or here's a story of someone who did something kind. And slowly, I mean, the other thing is that the best way to undermine those, you know, whatever right-wing people who are tweeting racist stuff or whatever um, is... I mean, in the short term, the you know, yes, it is right to criticize. It's it's point that out, but long term, systemically, I think the the best way to have an impact is through compassion, 
And so, not that I'm saying you should tweet, I love you to, like, you know, whoever's fucking, who's presenting Fox News these days. I don't even watch these things anymore. Um, I'm not saying that, but if, if you create a prevailing energy of kindness on Twitter, um, that will spread. And in 30 years' time, you will have affected 2.5 billion people. And there might just be a bit less systemic prejudice and a bit less systemic meanness and because people will be because because a lot of racism and bigotry and sexism comes again from selfishness it's men going oh but if women have rights that means taking rights away from me it's a very ego-based space to be in isn't it but what about me whereas if the prevailing energy is kindness like a planet full of kind egoless men wouldn't struggle with the concept of gender equality because they would see a win for women as a win for the collective goodness of everything and again and you would see rights as something that can be equally apportioned it's not a limited slice it's not a limited pie where giving women more of a slice means you get less of a slice or whatever um that's a very ego-based attitude as well um, but you know, if if we're all if we turn Twitter into a space of kindness rather than, you know, I've seen I've got a friend, um, and he'll know who he is when he listens to this, who occasionally forwards me tweets, um, of like I tweeted this nice thing, and look at the replies, and they're just mean reply. They've taken the worst faith interpretation of my tweets. I've literally tweeted, you know, what's your favorite movie my movie is this and someone's replied oh great you know so your favorite movie happens to be about you know <laughs> fucking about a white man some white you know people just hunting for comeuppance we're, we're just constantly trying to sniff out comeuppance we love we salivate at the idea of giving someone their comeuppance on Twitter. It's just a mean, shitty place. And that's karma. Because the example has been set. We've seen people get rewarded for it. We want it. And also when we're on there, we feel a bit more sad and mean. And so we become mean. But then also once you put the app down, you, you're going out into the real world and meeting real people. So, you, you know, I could, I've had days years this is years in the past now where you know i've tweeted something and then someone's proven me wrong or quote tweeted me and said oh jazz twemlo thinks this or so someone there used to be a habit on twitter of people this is back when i was uh, more of a name um shortly after like i think it was tonightly people just obsessed with my name like uh, who's this person with a star wars sounding name Hi, my name's Twaz Gemlo. <laughs> like, and that would... <laughs> but again, it's that thing of like, what possessed you to... What what prevailing energy was passed down to you that you're now doing that and just filling the world with just anti-joy, you know? Just a, a joy vacuum, just snarky wittiness. Um, but I would see that and then, you know, I wasn't as sort of mentally robust as I was back then and it affects you, but, and it affects you into the real world. And again, this is this, this is what I'm talking about when I say the night, the naivety, the sort of karmic, uh, 
illiteracy. It's almost like you're karmically tone deaf. Like you can't hear music. Like you can't hear karma. You can't hear cause and effect. Like Twitter is just such a naive place. But you, to tweet that and then think, well, that's going to affect nothing. The ego of that, the, the self that you are an island of one person, that you are an enclave of one, that's somehow been cauterized off, been like severed from the universe. You tweet that and think it's not going to affect them. No, I would then drive around and someone would be crossing a pedestrian crossing, but they started crossing it like a bit late, you know, like you're almost driving through it. Then you have to hard break to let them cross and then they roll their eyes at you like, you nearly killed me when I didn't. And you know, because of that tweet, Twas Gemlo, when they roll their eyes, you know, I, I mouth, mouth at them, oh, fuck you, you know? And then I, as soon as they cross, I make sure to drive off as fast as I can to show them how much they've pissed me off. And now we've both had that interaction with each other. And we, now we're both going to go on about our day ruining the lives of more people in infinitesimal, barely measurable ways. But again, the ripple effect of that eventually across the time span of the universe um, will affect trillions of people that from that one tweet because it's a ripple effect, right? Whereas now, you know, I see something like that, I'll breathe and I'll... I'll meditate and I will I will generate compassion towards the person who has tweeted the mean thing about me and I will pity them and I will see them, all the inf causes and effects that created that person and I'll, I'll generate love for that person. And, you know, I've had situations now where people have been crossing a pedestrian crossing, similar thing, like they'll cross a bit late or, or something, some silly traffic thing, someone will pull out. And I can see on their face that they're, waiting for me to flip the finger or swear at them like they've got this fear face because they've pulled out and made a mistake and they're so used to the prevailing energy of the world being meanness and people in a rush and I've smiled at them and go it's okay I'll raise my hands fine and I do a big hearty smile and the relief you see on that person's face because they thought they were about to have one of those typical traffic interactions, you know. You can see it on the, written on their face like, fuck, he's going to rail at me and I totally deserve it. And you just say it's okay and you smile and you raise your hand and you just give them the biggest fucking smile you can and you save that person. You save them from a day of feeling shame and passing it on, passing that energy on. Because if you go, oh, fuck you, uh, uh, fuck it, idiot. They carry that with them for hours, if not days, if not weeks, that's going to fuck them over. And instead you break the cycle and you smile at them and you go, it's all right, don't, really don't worry about it. And you've changed their life. So Twitter, karma, cause and effect, it's all science very real and we sh we can sh we shape the world through our behavior that's very real um we do create we do manifest <laughs> i'm gonna manifest you know we we do manifest the universe it's just not in the instagram way i thought about money and then 
somebody just instantly wrote me a check for $20,000. I manifested that check. Mm, don't think so. <laughs> um, but we do manifest the universe in, in quite scientific ways, you know. You, if, you, if you're selfish and you're greedy and you consume a lot, you are going to manifest a world affected by global warming. If you're a mean piece of shit on Twitter, even if you're a left-wing clever piece of shit pointing out people's mistakes, you're the, the well you are drawing from is still one of savvy, snarky, witty meanness. And so that's the, that's the energy you're putting out. If you put out correction, it doesn't matter if you're on the right side of history. If you put out, if your prevailing energy is one of put down, put downy, witty put downs, that's the radio frequency at which the universe will continue to operate, left or right. If you put out kindness, slowly the universe will become more kind and that's a real uphill struggle. Um, and Twitter is very much fighting against that. I genuinely believe as long as Twitter exists, global warming won't be tackled. Because it's, it's, And social media generally, Web 2.0. That's why I'm like, let's move over to Mastodon. Why? It's, you're just gonna, it's, it's the same thing. It's training you to think about yourself. As long as Twitter exists, Mastodon exists, Instagram exists, Facebook exists, our chances of tackling global warming plummet dramatically now and forever. So don't, I'm, still, ooh, I'm moving over to Mastodon, great, all right. That's, to me, that's like saying, I'm gonna stop drinking shit-flavored piss and instead I'm gonna start eating pit shit that has the consistency of piss. It's like, well, that's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing, isn't it? Effectively. Um, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And, um, oh, hello. Start that again. <laughs> Still learning how to use this thing. There we go. Ooh, the sign-off music is initiated. Time to get the fuck off here. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please support me on Patreon. I've recently introduced new tiers, so it's now cheaper, and you get more uh, things for less money, which is nice, isn't it? There's no hierarchy on my uh, Patreon, really. The two-tier system, extremely cheap and not so cheap, and a bit less cheap, but still very cheap. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear what you think. I'm going to check my Twitter. I'm going to start doing it. Just start saying thank you for things for now and forever because that will be a uh, better world to be in. Goodbye.